Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here on Level Down Games that's uploaded every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, leveldowngames.com. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey there, hi there, who there? Oh man, I'm not even going to acknowledge that one. (laughs) Before we begin discussing the excellent music we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know that the following episode is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Each chair comes with a tier limits of warranty. The heavy-duty steel frame comes with a lifetime warranty. And what's really cool about Technisport is that 3% of sales go toward disaster relief efforts, so you're also supporting a good cause. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG. Stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box for all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Games gaming chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all the support. All right. For those that are unaware, if you couldn't tell the song when we kicked things off today, we are going to be returning to our series episodes, and we're looking today at the Final Fantasy franchise. We've got two games lined up, Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy VII. Ten tracks from each one, plus a bonus track at the end of the episode, so stick around for that one too. Um, picking ten tracks from each one of these games was a task, man. And I said this, I said it last time when I had to pick music from um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask for the, Zelda, for the Legend of Zelda, how I knew it wasn't going to get any easier moving forward. And I was so right. Uh, because Final Fantasy VI, for the most part, is considered Nobuo Yamatsu, the main composer for Final Fantasy, up through the first ten games. This is considered his best work ever, Final Fantasy VI. And... Uh, he actually agrees with that too. He says that this is his favorite one he's ever done. Yeah, no, it's and it clearly shows. He puts so much heart into this one, so much passion into this one. Every single song on the soundtrack is a knockout. Um, this is the game that has the opera scene that everyone talks about. Uh, one of the most famous scenes from this game, and they they do this uh, live at uh, Distant Worlds Final Fantasy the the concert. And dude, I I'm not gonna say that I cried when I heard it, but I probably cried when I heard it. Um, it's it's just emotional and like these scenes and just the, the compositions of music is so good. Um, the track that we opened and kicked things off with was Terra's theme from Final Fantasy VI, also known as the main theme from Final Fantasy VI. And what a track that is, man! I love that one so much. It's so good. I love the instrumentation on that one. The the, the, the classic uh, Japanese flute. Yeah, it's really not not that out of the park. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, Final Fantasy VI is often considered a lot of people's favorite Final Fantasy game as well. Uh, so if you didn't catch the announcement on Monday, we put it up in our Max Level podcast feed and on YouTube. We are doing a new show called Revisiting the Classics. And one of the very first things that we're going to be exploring are the mainline Final Fantasy games that are not online focused. So 11 and 14, we're excluding those. But the reason for the show is because Frank has never played through a Final Fantasy game. And we're going to be going through and what, what the concept of revisiting the classics is, is that if it's, you know, after we finish Final Fantasy, we'll discuss what we're going to do next. But 
since Frank had never played these, I agreed to do this show so that we could do something with this concept, and I'm going to be playing through the games alongside him when he does do this. Uh, we're starting off with Final Fantasy 1. We're actually, we actually started the other day. Um, we started on January 1st. We're playing the games right, right away. 2018 started, and we started playing these games. So um, if you're interested in hearing what we have to say about the Final Fantasy games in more detail than what we talk about here on BG Mania when we listen to the music, check out Revisiting the Classics. You can subscribe to it uh, on podcast services by just subscribing to Max Level. That will allow you to catch the feed on audio only, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube because there will be audio versions up on YouTube as well. Um, I can't wait to get into this, and I can't wait for you to play Final Fantasy VI. I know Kefka is a favorite character of yours, even though you haven't played these games. Yeah, I mean, just the, the lore around him and the story I've heard. I've heard I've heard bits and pieces of Final Fantasy through the years. Sure, of course. Hard, as a game, as a game, it's hard to miss. Of course, of course. You know, so I, I can't wait to actually learn all about him. So it's yeah, pretty fun. I can't wait for you to. But I think it's time for our first little liner note here. Okay, first take tidbit of twenty eighteen. There you go. <laughs> I thought we were leaving that back in twenty seventeen, but there you go. No, so it's uh, it's sitting back there with Gucci Gang, of course. <laughs> so uh, Tara. Tara's name. Coolio. Yeah. Uh, her name in the Japanese version is Tina. Yes. Uh, but they, you know, when it came over here to America, the PlayStation was like, "No, we don't want this," mm-hmm. uh, and they they, they they changed it to Tara. Main reason being, with so many characters in the game, is in the beginning you're given the option to name yourself. Of course. So they they wanted to avoid a bunch of Western names in the game. So. Tara was, you know, Tina was changed to Tara. So if your name actually was Tina, you would do this. You know, it seemed a little more organic, where you weren't forced to have all these westernized names. You don't want to have your name matching one of the characters in the game. Sure. So, yeah. There's that. There's that. All right. Let's move on to our second track from Final Fantasy VI, and this is Locke's theme. And that was Locke's theme from Final Fantasy VI. That's a good one, man. A lot of people actually think that's one of the better tracks from the game. 
sounds a lot like an amusement park, don't you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely brings back like, like if you close your eyes and just listen to the song, like if you're walking through like Six Flags or Disneyland or Disney World or something, and you just have like you know you always hear that magical music playing in the background or this happy-go-lucky music. It seems like something that would definitely be playing at an amusement park. Um, and it's it's funny because we mentioned this the last time we talked about and the last time we featured Final Fantasy on BG Mania, but a lot of these tracks could honestly be swapped with the Legend of Zelda franchise, and some some people may be none the wiser just because a lot of the tracks do sound very similar. Yeah, I mean it's it's a high fantasy game. It's it is to be expected. Of course, of course. Um, but no, this track is definitely good, and and like I said, I mean this just widely considered one of Nobuo Yamatsu's greatest achievements in, in terms of compositions for video games. I there's man seventy or eighty tracks on the official soundtrack. Wow, P- picking ten was so hard because, like I said, it's not like it's not like there's a bad track on that soundtrack. Um, I mean, I listened to the whole thing and I had to like take notes of ones, and I, I knew certain ones I wanted to put on here. Um, you know, obviously I wanted the, some of the opera stuff in here. I wanted Dancing Mad, which we're going to have later, you know, some of the battle themes, some of the character themes, like we started off with Terra's theme, which is the main theme, and then Locke's theme. We have another one coming up soon. Um, but there's certain ones that I, you know, when I was listening to, I was like, wow, I actually forgot about this one. And I put it on the list because they're really good. Um, but just obviously, as, as we always say during these series episodes, if you have a favorite song from one of these games that's not on this list, don't think we forgot about it, because we haven't. It will definitely pop up in a future episode at some point, whether it be a radio hour, whether it be a themed episode, or whether it be just a fan episode, if someone actually requests it. Who knows? But um, we'll we'll go ahead. And you got something? Oh, I got something here. Okay, you got something? So uh, a little liner note. Okay. When a uh, lock... Coolio yeah. note. When a uh, lock rescues Celis, mm-hmm. if he's dresses in the Imperial uh, Soldier's uniform... Mm-hmm. Celis asks him, aren't you a little short for an Imperial soldier? <laughs> That's a direct reference uh, given from Princess Leia to Luke, yeah. who dresses as a stormtrooper in uh, The New Hope. So yep. I, totally I, lo- I love I love stuff like that. Yep. I, I, I distinctly remember that. It's very good. All right. Well, after that cool little uh, Coolio note there, we'll go ahead and move into our... Let us slide, slide, slippity slide into the next one. <laughs> our next track, which is our third track of today's episode. This one is called Shadow.
And that was Shadow from Final Fantasy VI, and no, not the Hedgehog. Uh, a nice little slow acoustic type of tune there. Could you? Could you? Couldn't that be something that you would hear KK Slider playing in Animal Crossing? I was thinking that with the whistling mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, like it sounds like it could have been something that he would have done. Like KK, I mean, some of the ones uh, KK Rock or KK Groove or Go KK Slider. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait till we start that series. You have no idea. I know, but unfortunately, when we do start that series, we're not going to be picking a majority of the KK Slider songs. And like you said, I can't wait to get into the series. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll definitely have some KK Slider songs, but they won't be exclusively KK Slider stuff just because that would be boring, even though KK Slider is awesome. But maybe we'll do a bonus episode full of KK Slider stuff. That'd be fun. All right. The next track we're going to play from Final Fantasy VI happens to be called The Phantom Forest. Thank you. 
And that was the Phantom Forest from Final Fantasy VI. I love that one, dude. It's just... It, well, it's not scary, and it's not, like, it is kind of has an eerie vibe to it, and it's not one of the original tracks that I had thought in my head when I started putting this track list together for Final Fantasy VI, but after listening to the soundtrack over the past couple days, I realized that we had to include this one in there, just because it's just so good. Like, I absolutely adore this track. I like this. This is a nice, this is a nice little melancholy kind of sound. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. All right. Do you want to, do you want a liner note or do you, you want to go to the next song? We can uh, let's 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 get let's get a little fact here. What do we got? There you go. So uh, there's a playable character in the game called Gal. There is. Uh, he's a feral child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually his name is based upon the um, the word Gao in Japanese. Okay. It um, which is it's there it's an onomatopoeia you know a word that makes a sound so. Gal will be in like a roar kind of sound. So mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole joke was that he's a feral child mm-hmm. who would roar when you asked him his name. <laughs> uh, but the joke is lost in English translation translation because Gal means nothing here in no, but, no in uh, America, America, we, where we speak American. We speak English. Well, I speak English. You speak Midwest. So I don't know that you actually speak English. I speak the Queen's English. Queens of New York. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the next track here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our next track comes from a character that you've already mentioned. So from Final Fantasy VI, this is Celis's theme. was Celis's theme from Final Fantasy VI. And yes, I know what you're thinking. When the song starts, it does sound eerily similar to the Great Fairy theme from The Legend of Zelda. Almost almost key for key. It definitely sounds so similar. But then it just transitioned to something so beautiful and so epic and amazing. And personally, this is one of my favorite tracks from this game. I love this theme. I love this song. Um, anytime I hear a rendition of this through a cover or a guitar cover or any type of instrument cover or someone doing a, a live version of it, it just chills, dude. I got chills listening to this song just while we were listening to it. It's so good. I, I say this every time we do this show. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard this song before. Of course. Uh, it's, it's through the uh, you know, the Black Mages. Of course. 
this is a great jam. It really is. Uh, uh, and I do have a little liner note for Celis. Okay. So uh, Celis is originally meant to be the uh, typical conflicted spy. Mm-hmm. You know, a spy, who, a spy who works for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then because, you know, Locke is so nice to her, she swayed to his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually meant to be psychologically way the hell out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like Kefka. Sure. Uh, but they Kef- scrapped Kefka, that. one of the best villains in Final Fantasy history. Uh, but they scrapped that idea. And uh, they actually used that for Kate Smith in the next game, 7. For Final Fantasy 7, yeah. I remember that. Uh, but this is actually uh, Yoshiniro Katase's favorite character. That makes sense. He, he says that, you know, when he first had her, when he first conceived her, she didn't have much of a role, but he fell in love. And that's... Conceived. Well, as she says, history. <laughs> he, gave, he gave birth to her? He conceived her? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so good, man, and it's one of the themes from Final Fantasy VI that remains popular to this day. Um, I like I said, I love this one. There's so many different versions of this out there: the piano versions that were released, the actual, you know, some of the orchestra, you know, the live orchestra versions. It's just beautiful, man. This track is amazing. All right, we're gonna move on now to our next track. This one is called Metamorphosis. was Metamorphosis from Final Fantasy VI. And on that day, the world changed forever. This track plays a lot when Kefka's on screen, and it, it plays in a very pivotal moment that I'm not going to tell you, because you haven't played the game yet. Does Kefka turn from a little caterpillar into a... No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. He sprouts his wings and comes a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> Or an evilly sadistic butterfly, one of the two. I don't want to know. I'm not going to tell you, because we're going to get there eventually. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, depending on how fast we can get through some of these games, hopefully we'll be on Final Fantasy VI by, like, late spring. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. We'll have to see. But no, dude, this track is amazing. This track is so good. I enjoyed it from, from, from beginning to end. Yeah, this track is so good. Um, very sadistic, very twisted, very evil sounding, and for good reason. And like I said, I can't wait for you to find out why this track is playing and why it has the meaning that it does. Like I it said, had a very, it had a very dark carnival feel to it. Yeah, like I, like I legitimately said, on that day, the world changed forever. 
So, something very evil. But, uh, alright. Well, let's now move into our next track from Final Fantasy VI. This one's official title is called Devil's Lab. And that was Devil's Lab from Final Fantasy VI, and that's also referred to as the Magitech Research Facility theme. Uh, another awesome tune, man. I really, really like that one, too. Um, is, this, is, this like, is this a boss battle? No, it's just the theme that plays in this actual particular section of the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. It had a nice feel to it. Yeah. I cannot wait to play this game. I can't wait for you to play this game. Like I said, it's definitely one of the best Final Fantasies ever made, if not the best. Um, I often argue with Justin over this because it is Justin's favorite Final Fantasy. And my particular favorite Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VIII. Um, but we, we often argue back and forth because he, he is not a huge fan of Final Fantasy VIII. And a lot of people aren't. Final Fantasy VIII is one of the games that oftentimes ranks somewhere near the bottom for a lot of people. And for me, it's number one. I absolutely love that game. But... Um, you know, when, when when a lot of people talk about the greatest Final Fantasies of all time, Final Fantasy VI often, pop, often pops up, uh, Final Fantasy VII pops up, Final Fantasy IX pops up a lot, and Final Fantasy IV pops up a lot. So those are those are the wallet ones that people consider to be some of the best Final Fantasy games. Um, but yeah, no, this one, I think out of all the Final Fantasies, I'm most excited for you to play this one, just because... I really feel like you're going to absolutely love this game, and it probably will be your favorite Final Fantasy, if I'm if I'm beast being honest. That's what I really feel. I got a good feeling about 13. 
I can't wait for you to play 13 for other reasons. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on. We have three tracks left for the Final Fantasy VI portion of the show. So our next one is The Decisive Battle. And that was the decisive battle from Final Fantasy VI. And in my opinion, that's the best battle theme from this game, by far. Yeah, I cannot wait to play this game. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, keep saying that. We have some. We have, uh, I, we have, I say, we, I say, we start with this one, Brian. Uh, no, you have five games to get through before you get to this one. You have to suffer through the bad before you get through the good. And okay, one, so two, one, I'll, one, two, three, I'll, and five. I'll my way there. One, two, three, and five are pretty bad. Four is really good, and you'll like four. But one, two, three, and five, eh, not so much. Alright, alright. We'll, 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 we'll start with four. No, um, we'll start with one. And we've actually already started one, so there you go. Alright, so um, I do have a fact for this one here, a little liner note. Okay. So uh, in this final battle with Kefka, uh, there are several references to the Divine Comedy. Mm-hmm. So this actually starts off with a devil-like creature. That's representing hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes to a level where there's a number of people that's actually purgatory. And when the party uh, does battle with the creatures, they look like um, the Michelangelo statue, the Pieta, the, whole, the Mary holding Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and the battle actually concludes in heaven when you're fighting Kafka's angel. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, this, in, in the Divine Comedy, Dante asks God, he goes, what's the meaning of life? Uh, this is actually mirrored because Kafka tells the heroes, life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. In fact, uh, Kafka is often referenced as the fallen angel. Mm-hmm. And one of his moves is actually called the Fallen One, which is the t- also titles of Lucifer himself. So mm-hmm. I-, I like that they actually tied this all together to, you know, classical literary work. Yep. Pretty awesome. You know who else is the Fallen Angel? Christopher Daniels. If we're gonna make wrestling references, <laughs> why I not? S- I set you up for this one. 
Uh, so real life professional wrestler um, Joshua Harder wrestles under the name Chris Saban. Yeah, that's a direct uh, reference to Saban Figaro. Yep. Yep. There you go. See. Yep. Christopher Daniels though better than Chris Saban by far. Yes, he is. <laughs> The next track that we're going to play is part of the opera scenes, and because I don't speak Italian, Frank tends to speak Italian even though he probably is lying, but we'll let him give a crack at the title here. <laughs> All right, guys. This is Aria de Mezzo Carter.
And that was... Aria de Mezzo Cartieri. Our resident Italian speaker here, Frank, from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Dude, one of the best scenes from this game by far. I like a good opera. Mm-hmm. And there is an entire opera in this game that you actually I, participate in. I actually get to part- I get to be part of the opera. You are part of the opera. All right. It's dude. It's such a good scene. Um, it's I'm, funny. Because, you could you could tell how you could tell that we tried to make it sound like someone was singing there. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The instrumentation. Yeah, and a lot of times this is performed live. A lot of like symphonies will cover this. I mean, Distant Worlds does it live. They do the entire opera live. Um, but uh, yeah, the, so other symphonies like the London Philharmonic Symphony, I think, I think is the name of them. They've covered it, and it's just amazing because it's a legit opera piece composed by Nobuo Yamatsu, and it's from a freaking video game. You don't. Is that not? Is it not even like think that. that? Like you don't usually see something like that or hear something like that. And like I said, dude, this this moment in this game, every single time, just instant chills. The entire scene, it's just, man, I literally can't wait for you to get to this part. It's so good, so beautiful. One of the, probably one of the better Final Fantasy moments in general, in, 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 across all the games. Uh, Final Fantasy X has another very strong one for me. Um, when Yuna and Titus are, are in the water, like, that's just amazing. Um, one of my, that's probably my favorite Final Fantasy moment of all time. But, uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait for you to play these. So good. Soon. Soon. All right. Strap in for this one, guys. We're going to be here for a while. The last track we have from Final Fantasy VI, one of the, probably what a lot of people consider the best track from the game, is Dancing Mad. But the one thing about Dancing Mad is that it's split into five parts. But that's not how we roll here on BG Mania. Anytime a track is split, we always play the full thing. So, for the last track, we have the entirety of Dancing Mad, and it's going to be about 11 minutes. So strap in, and we'll be back shortly.
And that was the full edition of Dancing Mad from Final Fantasy VI. A nice 11 and a half minutes there. But oh man, how epic is that, dude? It's so good. It's so good. That's pretty sweet. It's amazing. Um, like I said, in the actual game, this is split into five different sections and in the soundtrack itself. But I wanted to play the entire thing because it's it's worth it to hear this entire rendition because it's just amazing. Like I said, I just... What Nobuo Yamatsu managed to do with this game, with this soundtrack, always blew me away. Because this is a super freaking Nintendo playing this stuff and doing this stuff. This is not, you know, a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 3. This is a Super Nintendo. And he managed to just create a masterpiece of a, of a soundtrack out of this game. Every single track, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, every single track is worth listening to at least once. But really, probably 10 or 20 times at least. Ah, I, I don't have nary a bad thing to say about this. This whole 11 minutes, I was bobbing my head like, oh my god, look at this, look at this. Yeah, I know. It's so amazing good. It's so, it's so good, dude. So good. All right, well, uh, since we're closing out Final Fantasy VI, yes. I feel I feel like I'm trying to give you one last little fact. Yes, which I did forget to mention at the beginning when we started doing it. Final Fantasy VI did release on April 2nd, 1994 in Japan. October 11th, 1994, here in North America on the Super NES. I always like to say that when we do series, but I totally forgot to do that for this one. So there you go. So, uh, that was a pretty sweet track. You know what else is pretty sweet? Discounts. Discounts. Yeah, okay. Uh, much like uh, entering offer code LDG over at TechniSportUSA.com. Yes. It gives you 10% off. It does. If you were to play as, like that, right? Uh, if you were to play as <laughs> Edgar, uh, we speak to the Figaro Merchants, mm-hmm. if he's your party leader, you get a 50% off on all your purchases. Oh, nice. So, and knowing that when I play this game, I will be my my leader because I like to save a little Skrilla. Yeah, I'm sure. Or a little little Gil in this game. Little little Gil, yes. A little Gil, little Gil, of course. Little Gil. Not little Bill. That was a cartoon. Little Gil. Yes. We're not going to talk about little Bill because of all the controversy surrounding (laughs) Big Bill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Little Bill's what got him in trouble. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to move on to the next game that we're doing in today's episode. And that's Final Fantasy VII, which was released on January 31st, 1997 on the PlayStation in Japan. We would later see it on September 7th, 1997 here in North America. Final Fantasy VII still probably the most mainstream Final Fantasy ever. Um, it was the one that you know, it started the golden age of JRPGs once again. Obviously, we had a we had a very good time with JRPGs on the Super Nintendo, but they kind of started falling to the wayside a little bit as the as the console got older, and as we started to get to the N64 and the PlayStation era. When Final Fantasy VII came out in '97, it, it ushered in a brand new era, a golden age of JRPGs that would last through the end of the PS2. And it was the best time for people like me that enjoy these kind of games. It was the best time to be a gamer because it, it, some of the most memorable games to me came out in that time span. So we'll kick things off on today's episode with Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, this was composed once again by Nobuo Yamatsu. This is the main theme.
And that was the main theme from Final Fantasy VII. Another long track. Uh, like, like I said, this is definitely going to be a longer episode. Just because it's, it's hard to want to cut these tracks off early. Now, you know, when they start looping, we will cut them off. But when they don't loop, it's kind of hard to want to cut these off just because they're so iconic. And I know oftentimes we always say that Radio Hour is where we play the full rendition of songs. But when you have tracks that are this iconic in terms of the industry, it's just it's hard for me to want to cut them short if they're not looping yet. So that's that's why we are playing as, as, as much of the tracks as we can on today's episode, because I think they deserve it. These two these two games are amazing. Um, that, that theme there just brought back so many memories for me playing these games and playing this game in particular. Like I said, this ushered in a brand new era of golden age, a, a new golden age era for JRPGs. I remember the advertising for these games. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is the first one on PS1. Yes, it was. It was supposed to be uh, on the Nintendo 64. In fact, uh, they dug, they made a dig at the Nintendo 64 on uh, one of their advertisements. Uh, I have it right here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the advertisement this, this, was... This is a liner note, right? It's a liner note. Here we okay. go. So, uh, someone, please get the guys who make cartridge games a cigarette and a blindfold. And it was like, and good thing, if we're available on cartridge, it'd retail for around 1200 bucks. <laughs> Can you imagine if Final Fantasy VII would have actually released on the Nintendo 64? Because it, there, w- there was a demo. There was a there demo. Was. And video, <laughs> video of it actually exists on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Um, of what this game initially looked like running on the Nintendo 64. Before before Square and Nintendo ended their partnership after so long, um, I can't even imagine what would have happened if this game would have released on the Nintendo 64. I think it definitely could have changed a lot of things regarding JRPGs in general. Because a lot of the reason that it was just so successful is because of the additional power and you know capabilities that CD had over cartridges, and that PlayStation was able to do that the Nintendo 64 couldn't do. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... It, we're, we're talking polygon counts and all those kinds of funds like this. Yeah. So you weren't as limited on PS1 as you were on the N64. Right. Well, well, I may have liked my N64 better just because of the, the, the games that I liked for the most part. Now, granted, I was a JRPG fan, and that's pretty much what I played on my PlayStation 1. But I still gravitated back towards the Super Mario 64, towards Wave Race, towards Super Smash Brothers, towards all those games that I absolutely loved on my Nintendo 64. But, I mean, like I said, JRPGs, to this day, they are my number one favorite genre for video games. And I will always choose those over anything else if I have the, if I have the, if I'm forced to, is what I'm trying to say. So, okay. But we'll move on to our next track from Final Fantasy VII. This one is called Anxious Heart.
And that was Anxious Heart from Final Fantasy VII. Now, what you'll notice a lot about some of these tracks from Final Fantasy VII is that they are very slow. They're very emotional. They pack a punch, so to speak. And it just goes in detail and, and, and portrays just how the you know, the feeling of this game actually is because it is emotional and a lot of things happen in this game that you know, it, it, it's a sad story, so to speak. And I like that Nobuo Yumatsu was able to convey this through the soundtrack and through the music within the game. I love it. And this track, just like I said, it just speaks to that. It's definitely powerful and emotional. And yeah. I think it's time to lighten things up a little bit. Okay. With our patented liner note. Okay. So uh, a lot of people, I, once again, haven't played Final Fantasies yet. Just playing you one now. You suck. We're getting there. Uh, you suck. You, you stop. <laughs> so, There's a point of attention. How does Cloud's Buster Sword stick to his back? Sure. But if you actually look at his initial design, there's actually a magnet held by his pants straps that keep the sword in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, talking about initial design of Cloud, he was originally meant to have slick back black hair to contrast with Sephiroth's long white hair. Mm-hmm. That was eventually used. It, in fact, it was used uh, for Angeal, the original wielder of the Buster Sword, and Sephiroth's uh, close friend in Crisis Core. Zach. Now you know. Zach. He's a Lego maniac, yes. No, is, oh, is, is, oh, is there a character named Zach as well? The, okay. the, the main character from Final Fantasy Seven or Final Fantasy Crisis Core was Zach. He was the original owner of the Buster Sword. Uh, that's Angeal. No, Zach is his American name. Okay, so it's the same person then. Yes. Okay, well, I keep things 100 here. Okay, sure you do. No, I thought maybe you had false information. That's why I was telling you the character. Never, 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 never. That's what I was trying to tell you because I played Crisis Core. Crisis Core has probably my favorite Final Fantasy track in general ever from that game. We'll save that for a future episode of Beach Mania. Maybe oh, we, for a. We absolutely, we absolutely will. Um, because I think we're just doing mainline games. I don't think we're doing the spin-off titles for, for the series when we do the series, but uh, there there may be a time when this will pop up. If not, it'll definitely show up in a radio hour in the future. But yeah, that, that track definitely from Crisis Core is my favorite from the entire franchise. Um, but no, the character's name is Zach. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's check out a battle theme from Final Fantasy VII. Ooh. This one is called Still More Fighting.
And that was still more fighting from Final Fantasy VII. And a quick thing before we get hate mail. Apparently, NGL and Zach were both owners of the Buster Sword. We were both right. Um, just the one that passed it on I to Cloud. I was more right. And he was the original owner. The one that actually passed it on to Cloud was Zach from Crisis Core, which is why I got confused when you said that fact. Just because that didn't uh, stick out to me as the original owner. Because I always, I always associate with, besides Cloud, I always associate the Buster Sword with Zach, just because of Crisis Core. But anyway, moving on. That's just to avoid the hate mail, which I'm sure was coming from fans. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> dare you get this wrong. All right. Uh, so obviously that was still more fighting. One of the battle themes from Final Fantasy VII. And great track there. Love that one. That, that, that was a pretty cool track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, felt like fighting, I, felt, I felt like fighting you. In fact, during this time, I was like, hey, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's NGL. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but I definitely wanted to get something a little bit faster in there just to kind of pick up the pace a little bit, um, as you tried to do with your liner note. So, uh, yeah. Still more fighting. Okay. Still more okay. fighting. I'll throw it out a nice little, a little fun liner out there before we go to the next one. Okay. So uh, the original idea for the game had mm-hmm. it set in a modern New York City in the year 1999. Okay. Uh, it was intended to have like a detective story theme. Sure. With a character called, and I quote, Hot-blooded Detective Joe. The uh, early script had him chasing the main characters who would actually blow up the city of Midgar. So glad they didn't go that route. Thank God they changed it, huh? <laughs> yeah, so glad so glad they didn't go that route. Hot-blooded Detective Joe. Yes. I think that would have Cla- been that, that would have been official Final Fantasy canon. I think Cloud Strife just is a bit better of a name. <laughs> a little, little bit more. <laughs> All right, our next track from Final Fantasy VII. This one is called Holding My Thoughts in My Heart. was holding my thoughts in my heart from Final Fantasy VII. Another beautiful track. 
It really was. Very, very, very soft, very soft and loving. and Very, as you mentioned while you're listening to it, very um, Harvest Moon-esque, so yeah. to speak. Definitely felt like it could, you could be something you were listening to while planting vegetables and tending to your farm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, man, I, I, like I said, love this track. And, and I like that a lot of the stuff from the soundtrack of Final Fantasy VII is very slow, very emotional, because it's the type of music that I listen to and that I love. Yeah, so I have another little liner note here. Okay. Uh, again, hey, man, you're you're full of liner notes for Final Fantasy VII. There's plenty of things to talk about. Uh, we're actually going to talk about the Buster Sword again, though. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about how Zack was the one that passed it off to Cloud. Nope. Okay. Talking, it was originally uh, conceived to be a lot smaller and thinner, mm-hmm. with only one materia slot. Okay. Uh, Tetsuya Nuero's original vision actually it was like an unrefined steel sword, and he mm-hmm. called it the Giant Kitchen Knife. <laughs> Which I could totally see just by looking at like what the Buster Sword looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura was, and still is, an amazing character designer. Um, when he started transitioning to actually being a producer for the games is when they started having issues. He was the original producer on Final Fantasy XV when they announced it, and which is, he, he gets a lot of flack and you know, a lot of um, hate because he a lot of people think he's the one that it took 10 years for them to get Final Fantasy XV done. Um, he obviously now is the producer on the Kingdom Hearts 3, which obviously was announced in 2013, and it's now going on 2018, and it's still not out. And then I believe he's also behind the Final Fantasy VII remake, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe there is some truth to him being responsible for the long de- the long development cycles after all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Justin always says that it uh, you know always points the blame to him. I, I, I never want to put blame on one particular person, but I really do wish that Square Enix was able to somehow figure out how to release these games. I, I, I'm not asking for one a year because I know that's impossible, but I definitely think that they can produce a Final Fantasy at least within four every four years, and. Um, you know, it's just it, it's it's just not happening right now. These these games, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Kingdom Hearts Three, they were announced in man, I don't remember. I had I think it was 2015, um, but we, they obviously were working on it before that. So if they're not out by 2019, we have an issue. Especially, yeah. If Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts Three is still on track for 2018, I really do think it's going to make it, which would be roughly a four-year development cycle because you have to imagine they did start on it sometime before they announced it in 2015, um, or maybe it was 2014 when it was announced. What was the ma- what was the the major E3 that they announced these games? Uh, you probably don't remember, do you? Nah, but it's been a while. It's been a long while. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Live? Well, it's not actually live. Um, Okay, it was 2013. Okay, so Kingdom Hearts 3 was was announced the same day as... Um, no, that was Final Fantasy 15 that was announced the same day. Final Fantasy 7 Remake was announced at the same time as Shenmue 3. I remember that now. So, okay. Wow. So, Kingdom Hearts 3 um, should have been out, if, we, if we're talking four years, it should have been out this year, but it wasn't. But if it's, if it's next year... I'll be I'll, that's still within five years. I'm still okay with that. Uh, but if Final Fantasy VII remake, let me just double check. Uh, I think that was E3 2015. Yes, it was. E3 2015 is when Final Fantasy VII remake was announced. So if it is still split up into chapters, and they release it in individual episodic episodes, like how you know Telltale does things, then if we don't see episode one or chapter one by 2019, that sucks. Who knows? Maybe we'll get an episode a year. 
I kind of hope they scrap the episode idea and just release a full game when they're done. I would be willing to wait for this one. I really would, just because it's going to be worth it when it comes out. We'll move on to our next track from Final Fantasy VII. Now that we are slightly hyped for Final Fantasy VII Remake all over again, even though we have a long wait to go. This one, an, a very epic track from the game. This is called Genova. was Genova from Final Fantasy VII. Distant Worlds does this one live as well, and it's so good with an orchestra behind it. It's amazing. This track is so good, dude. It's very catchy, <laughs> very upbeat, very... Even though it's not an upbeat moment in the game, it's just like the, the track is just rocking. It makes you want to bang your head. Nah, it really is awesome. In fact, I like when it first started off, I was like, hey, is this Stranger Things? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but you know what? I actually found a little weird uh, liner note in regards to Genova itself. Cool. A little tank tidbit. Here yeah. we go. So there's actually an inscription on Genova's helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, Made in Hong Kong, All Rights Reserved 1996, Square Company Limited. Uh, this wasn't found until 2005. Really? When, a, when, when actually a high-res image emerged and people found this out. So eight, games after the, eight years after the game came out. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. I like that. Very cool. This is pretty cool. It actually ties the game into the real world because you know yeah made in hong kong there you go made in hong kong <laughs> all right well earlier when we were listening to music you had asked me if yuffie 
was in Final Fantasy VII because obviously, I mean, you're familiar with some of the characters, but you're just not sure which um, which games are from because of Kingdom Hearts. You had, you had seen these, a lot yes. of these characters from Kingdom Hearts. So our next track is actually Yuffie's theme, but the main name of the track is called Descendant of Shinobi. And that was Descendant of Shinobi, otherwise known as Yuffie's theme from Final Fantasy VII. Great oh, uh, little, you know, I mean, how, how could you, how would you describe that track? Um, like a fun, playful trip through the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're, if you're getting ready to sit down, May 2018 rolls around, you're, you're sitting there holding a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2. You load it up, and then instead of just going out and you know starting a gang warfare between some some robbers and you know some some bandits and thugs, you decide to just stroll on down through Main Street and Wild West, and you know just we're gonna have a tea party and have some marmalade. <laughs> basically, basically. So, uh, did you actually know uh, that Yuffie uh, and Vincent were both optional recruits? So, because of this. At the end of the game, the, the cutscene at the end of the game, they're they're not in there. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty pretty crazy because Yuffie is actually an iconic character. Yeah, as as is Vincent, he got his own freaking yeah. game, Dirge of Service. Yeah. <laughs> and you could totally just pass them up one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vincent Valentine, one of my favorite characters from Final Fantasy VII by far. I, I really like him as a character. I like his sister Jill a lot better from Resident Evil. Yeah, it's not his sister. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to our next track from Final Fantasy VII. One of the characters that appears in every single Final Fantasy game is Sid, but he just happens to be—he just a different character every single time. They just reuse the name every single time. There's always a character named Sid. So our next track is Sid's theme.
was Sid's theme from Final Fantasy VII. I really like the way that one progresses. That is a good track. Yeah, I like Sid. Psycho Sid? No, not Psycho Sid. Come on now, let's be serious. Sid is a sloth um, from the Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, let's be serious. <laughs> <laughs> if we can just be serious here for a moment. <laughs> also from wrestling. That's all I know, guys. I know. I know. Unfortunately, I know. No, but I, I do have a nice little uh, Final Fantasy VII liner note here. Okay. Tying back into the Final Fantasy VI. Yes. So in the ghost square section of the gold saucer, there's a pumpkin with green eyes in the corner of the room, right by the reception. Mm-hmm. If you interact with the pumpkin, it'll laugh. And the laugh is actually a slower version of Kafka's Bo- laugh. Boo. No. <laughs> Boo's laugh is a sped up Bowser laugh. I know, I know, I know. So, I like that we, you know, we're working these laughs in. Yeah, working the laughs in. Although the fans, just, are, the fans are probably just laughing at us, not with us. It's okay, as long as you're laughing. As long as you're happy, guys. I don't care. Um, yeah, the Golden Saucer. What an awesome area for Final Fantasy VII. And it's actually in Final Fantasy XIV as well, in the online version. Just as, as a way as a way to go and just have fun. And it's just it's super cool. I like that they incorporate things like that from other games. Like how in Final Fantasy XIV, one of the most recent patches was Return to Ivalice. And they incorporated a lot of the things from Final Fantasy XII into the game. So it's just cool what they what they're doing with Final Fantasy fourteen. I really like it. That's I need to cool. I need to play it more often. I really do. Just get back into it, Prime. I don't have the do money. I don't have money for the subscription right now, or else I would. Alright, soon. Yeah, soon, once I start having money for the subscription again. I can only afford I can honestly only afford to pay one subscription a month, and I have to choose Warcraft over Final Fantasy fourteen. So anyway. Our next track, we have four left for today's episode. Our next track from Final Fantasy Seven. This one is called Interrupted by Fireworks.
And that was interrupted by fireworks from Final Fantasy VII. So one of the things I tend to do, besides listening to the entire soundtrack when I put these episodes together, I always take a look at what some of the other people out in the internet world considers their favorite tracks from each one of these games. And I like to try to see if their opinions mesh with mine. And if we agree, then I know that, okay, this is a great track. And Interrupted by Fireworks appeared on so many different lists on multiple different websites when it came to some of the best tracks from Final Fantasy VII. So I and obviously that clearly just just by listening to that, you know, that's a total Brian track. Oh, yeah. So, um, it, it was just kind of cool to see that this track actually is considered one of the best from the soundtrack. I like that. That was pretty cool. I, I love I, this fact, track. That's literally what I was going to say. I was like, that's a very, very Brian pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I got a cool little liner note here. Okay. Um, so after you find Cloud in the hospital after he falls in the live stream, mm-hmm. he mumbles incoherent things. And when you speak to him, one of the things he says is, Xena, Gias. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's but that's that's a translation error. It literally should be Xeno, Gears. Right. He also says, a billion mirror fragments, small, light, which is a reference to the vocal song, small two of pieces. One of the lines actually goes, broken mirror, a million shades of light. So, very cool. Square managed to uh, get that in there for the, you know. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. See, it's all connected. It's one big cohesive world. One big giant epic, Epcot of a world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Epcot. Epcot Center. Yes. Epcot Center. Yeah. I don't know. What I'm trying to say. It's getting late. Um. <laughs> all right. We've got three tracks left. Our next one. I'll have the fact for when we return. What? From, yeah, we're putting you on the shelf for a little bit. No more liner notes. We're going to Brian's Brain Busters. <laughs> hey, you thought of that name. Yes, I did. <laughs> from Final Fantasy VII, this is Aerith's theme. And that's the TH, Aerith's theme.
And that was Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy VII. You keep so, saying that wrong. No, I'm not saying it wrong. And, th- and that's my Brian's brain buster for this particular portion of BG Mania here. Um, if you actually played the original version of Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 1, it was called Eris. A-E-R-I-S. That's how the name was in the game. That was a mistranslation from over in Japan. Everywhere else, that character is Aerith. A-E-R-I-T-H. Kingdom Hearts, it's Aerith. Final Fantasy Advent Children, it's Aerith. Any other game, Crisis Core, Aerith. Every single thing is Aerith. And like I said, the reason that it was Eris in the game is because it was a mistranslation from when it was brought over from Japan. It's kind of crazy. Actually, you know, I'm going to piggyback on a Brian Brainbuster. Okay. Uh, the the boss known as Bizarro Sephiroth mm-hmm. is also because of the same kind of mistranslation. Mm-hmm. So the, it was actually known as Rebirth Sephiroth, mm-hmm. but... Because the letters B and V are interchangeable in Japanese. Yeah. Same, same as the TH and the S. That's why Eris became Eris. Right. And so, forth. Uh, so they ended up calling him Reverse Sephiroth now. Okay. Uh, because because the, the, the Americans uh, redoing this game, the word Reverse and the word Bizarro, you can flip-flop, just like a Superman. Bizarro mm-hmm. Superman. So he became Bizarro Sephiroth all because of the BV switch. It's very crazy. That's actually pretty cool. So I'm glad so, that it's not just Aerith that... Uh, that, that nah, she, 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 she was not the only uh, victim of the, uh, the mistranslation. Not the only victim of the mistranslation. And Aerith, man, I know you know what happens. I it's do. It's such a tragic tale with this character. Um, but I can't wait for you to actually see it in-game. I'm probably going to cry. Even though I know it's, it's going to happen, I'm probably it, going to cry. <laughs> it's it's a very touching moment. Um, okay. But that that's, personally, that's my favorite track from Final Fantasy VII. I love her theme. It's so good. But we're going to move on to our last track from Final Fantasy VII, but we will be back after this because we have a bonus track to close out on. Our last track from Final Fantasy VII is a lot of people's favorite. It's Jessica's favorite from the game. This one is called One Winged Angel.
And that was One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Like I said, that's Jessica's favorite track. I know that's your favorite track. It is my favorite track. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I know it's but, I, but, I, but, but I'm going to attempt to change your mind here in a second. And you may you may succeed. You don't know. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I mean? What, what do I know? I know wrestling. Well, actually, I can't change your mind because the, the thing I'm going to close out with is from six. So this, I guess, will forever be your favorite track from Final Fantasy Seven. Yes. So uh, the One Winged Angel mm-hmm. is also the favorite track of a certain wrestler named Mr. Kenny Omega. Yes, it is. And he actually named his finishing move mm-hmm. the One Winged Angel. But that title itself was actually inspired by the opening line of Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, nice. So. You know, I brought it back. You know, I gave a little extra bonus liner note on that. Nice, nice. How does it? Um, how does it tie into? What's what's the opening line from Purple Haze? I have no earthly idea. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't recall that song's lyrics off the top of my head. I do know that it was. Uh, One winged angel, something, something. No, I had no, no idea. No, no, no. I just remember. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Um, yes. What was the opening track to that? Um, Purple Haze, All in My Brain. Lately, things, they don't seem the same. Acting funny, but I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. How does that inspire One Winged Angel? It was inspired by the intro. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder how. That's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. You know what? We're going to have to look that up. We'll research that. And we'll come back to it. It'll, I'll put it on the Twitter. Yeah, we'll definitely have to look that up. Um, but unfortunately, Mr. Kenny Omega will meet the Alpha Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom 12, and there will no longer be a Kenny Omega. We will see. We'll I'm see. very excited for that. We will see. Um, but normally, as, as, as listeners of BG Mania know, we, we usually close out with the last track. The last time we did this, we had a little bonus to close out with when we played the um, the Johnny Cass cover uh, on the previous episode. So we're going to do something similar again. And what I found here to close out the show is from the Final Fantasy Distant Worlds concert. You know, I, I've seen this live. I got to go with, with, uh, with Jessica, Justin, and his wife. We went and saw Final Fantasy Distant Worlds in Pittsburgh at the um, Heinz Hall, I think it was at, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then we actually saw A New World, which is the other smaller rendition of the Final Fantasy concerts up at um, at the Cleveland. So we've seen both of those. And that, that those were within the same week of each other. It was kind of cool. We got to see the one in Cleveland first and then the one in Pittsburgh um, like six or seven days later. So it was kind of nice. But um, what we're going to be playing here to close out the episode is the opera Maria and Draco from Final Fantasy VI. And it is the entire opera, about 12 and a half minutes. So as, as I said, this episode is probably, when I put this together, it's probably over two hours long. So I apologize, but it's And this, hap- this is my favorite Final Fantasy VI song. This one gives me legit goosebumps. Absolutely is, yeah. And that's saying something because I never got them. Yeah, so so after we listened to One Wing Angel before we came back, we obviously listened to this as well so we could talk about it before we close out the show. And uh, I, I think I successfully got Frank to, to get goosebumps in the shivers three or four different times. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and I knew you would because this is just an amazing thing. And like, I, I said this while we were listening to it, and I can't believe... That this this track was composed the entire thing so so the way this opera works in the game if you haven't played it and if I'm not going to spoil how it works or why because I know you're going to play it yourself here soon when we get to that game for revisiting the classics the new podcast or not podcast but the new show that we're doing it is a podcast kind of uh, check it out subscribe to Max Level if you don't already you'll hear revisiting the classics um, but what we're going to be so so the way opera Maria and Draco works it's in the game and it actually consists of four different tracks. And when they play it at Distant Worlds, they put them all together. So we actually already did play one of those tracks earlier in the episode. The, uh, how do you say it? Aria de Mezzo Karate or 
karate. <laughs> wow, your Italian needs a little work. Uh, aria de mezzo karate. Oh boy, it's karate. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that actually is one of the movements from this opera. And you'll hear that fully voiced and fully done in this in this bonus track that we're playing to close out the show. Um, but it's just crazy that this entire composition was done by Nobuo Yamatsu, who is not an opera composer by any means. You know, he's a video game composer, but it just he was able to show his chops and show what he can actually do with this with this song and this composition. And I really don't even feel like it deserves to be in a video game. I don't feel like this. I mean, while it's amazing that it is, and I absolutely love that it's in a video game, I really feel like this should be celebrated more worldwide in in an actual opera or in something similar, just because it's so good. And a lot of people don't know about it because it's from a video game. And it's it's beautiful, man. It's just the only way to do this is gorgeous beyond belief. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's practically criminal, but I'm glad this exists for the fans. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad this exists. So closing out this episode, you're going to hear Opera Maria and Draco from Final Fantasy VI as done by the Distant Worlds Final Fantasy Symphony. So enjoy that. But that is actually going to take us out of this episode of BG Mania. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, BG Mania is uploaded on iTunes and Google Play every Wednesday morning. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at bgmania at leveldowngames.com with your requests. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to all of you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find our main account on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG, and Frank is at the Frankosaurus on Twitter. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG, and Frank is once again at the Frankosaurus on Instagram. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information, and finally over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all of our live streams. Doing this will ensure you never miss another episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. More BG Mania every Wednesday, which you just finished listening to. The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday, and our Top 10 series every Friday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already on either iTunes or Google Play. It definitely helps us out in terms of search results. Next week, we're going back to our themed episodes, and we finally are doing one that we actually mentioned. I want to say we mentioned this in like the first month of doing BG Mania. So we're actually going to be doing town themes. Oh, I can't wait. Music that, specifically music that came from towns and games. So we're going to have to definitely, hopefully, I mean, I might try to get some stuff from Final Fantasy that I've already done, but obviously nothing that we've done yet. But, um, you know, maybe we can find some stuff from other Zelda games, from villages or or things like that, too. But it's going to be fun. So we're going to come prepared with a handful of tracks each for the town themes episode. Um, I can't wait to do that one. It's been one that I've been waiting for, and I actually have notes from games that I've played that I want to do for this episode, so I'm excited for this one. Once again, taking us out of this episode is the opera Maria and Draco from Final Fantasy VI, as done by the Distant Worlds Concert. Thanks again for joining us this morning. Keep the music playing, and keep it loud. It's Wednesday. It's BG Mania.
Thank you. 